0: It's funny, sometimes I'll I'll hop on a podcast with someone that, you know, we've never talked really. Right. And I but I've listened to them on other podcasts. And, and it's like,
1: like you've talked to them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Y- you swear a lot more than I do. And that's okay. <laughs> like people right. can talk however they want, but I'm like, I, I guess I'm going to have to put this out as an explicit episode.
1: Well, so. it's funny. Cause you know, once in a while I have a, a conversation with the, the less savory population Yeah, <laughs> and I slip right into it. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm speaking their vernacular. It's like speaking their language, you know, definitely. Sometimes it comes out.
0: Oh yeah. It happens. <laughs> um, when I was, uh, well uh, actually how you and I met, um, I was a SWAT medic right and we came over to your academy yeah. and you taught us arrest techniques yeah that was really my first exposure exposure to it that's super cool it was cool that was um, <laughs> probably some of the best years at the fire department yeah were those years nice. so um, one I wanted to start off with saying you have the best last name
1: Oh sure <laughs> yeah where does it come from so it's kind of interesting like um, you know last names we always think of them as coming from different things and you know smith he must be a blacksmith somewhere back in back in the medieval times or whatever and like Payne is actually a really interesting name in that it goes back you have very like scottish roots mm-hmm. french roots um the origin of it actually goes back to the root word pagan interesting super interesting um like my family history they've gone they've gone all the way back to the crusades man so it's pretty interesting that it goes all the way back to hugh de Payne, which is the templar knight one of the founding members of the Templar Knights. So that's way cool. It's pretty wicked, right? <laughs> so yeah, that's where it comes from originally. But... That's really cool. Yeah.
0: Um. So I've I've dabbled in the in the Masons. So I mean, we're pretty much brothers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Boom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: pretty cool. Um. When did your family move over here? Do you know? Do you like? Do you know that history?
1: I don't know all of it. I know we were part of. Not the Ellis Island group. <laughs> We're early settlers, so okay. I don't I don't know where it all migrated from, but it definitely started from obviously like everyone else from that that East Coast to West Coast.
0: And if they're Knights Templar, I mean, warrior has always been in your family.
1: Oh man, there's some some great stories and some some really good family history there, but it's pretty interesting.
0: That's, well, I want to hear some.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a, a Hugh de Payne story where he talks about because he would always take these duels, right? Anybody wanted to challenge him. He's this giant dude, and uh, he he'd stop uh, from killing them, like because you you could legally kill them in these duels, but yeah. he didn't. It wasn't worth his time. Yeah. So instead, they you know had the the big knighted gauntlet, giant metal glove, and he would just beat them unconscious with that instead. And he's like, I don't need a sword. I'll just beat you down. Like that kind of thing. You're like, man, that's hardcore. Like, yeah. I feel like such a, a soft person yeah. in comparison. You're, to you're like, things. I just,
0: I put him in guard now. But... Yeah, no, I just pull <laughs> guard. <laughs> that's really cool. Have you had other, uh, family members in military? Oh, like my grandfather anything? was in the yeah. army
1: and things like that. My dad, uh, not in the military. Um, but a really interesting eclectic life. He was a, a bouncer for a lot of my childhood. He was a stunt man for a while. Oh, that's cool. uh, now he, He's worked the last several years in a gold mine in Alaska. That's where I'm originally from is from Alaska. So. Okay.
0: Okay. Gold mining. That's that's awesome. That's awesome, right? Yeah. And especially in Alaska. Yeah. So uh, how long did you live in Alaska?
1: I lived there most of my life. Okay. So left what, on my mission. What brought, okay. Where'd you go? Uh, I left and went to North Carolina. So okay. So the, the eastern half of North Carolina.
0: Was that kind of first time out of Alaska or? No, I'd been out a couple yeah.
1: times. Like I'd been down, we we'll call it the lower 48. The lower 48. <laughs> yeah. You
0: guys have to pay extra shipping up there, right? Oh
1: my goodness. It is <laughs> so expensive because people don't think about it. Like the things that pretty much everything has to be shipped up there. Oh yeah. So it's incredibly expensive to get anything there. Yeah. So it's, it's like shipping it to a foreign country.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you grow up? eating a lot of fish and meat. Did you guys hunt?
1: We had a lot of, it was a lot of wild game, man. I took it for granted so much. I'm like, yeah. Oh no, moose again. Yeah. Dang it, mom. But no, <laughs> we need to take
0: a trip up there. <laughs> right. Cause I'd, I'd love to fill a freezer with some,
1: that's what we would do. We would do that every summer. We'd go to Valdez, yeah. we'd go fishing. You, more fish than you could possibly eat yeah that's awesome it's awesome
0: i've spent about 10 times more this year hunting than i ever have in my life and uh <laughs> at least like you're it. honest about yeah. that man
1: because a lot of people i know that are big into hunting they're like oh it's economical i'm like it's not it's economical. not economical you could say it's fun you could say you yeah. love it but it's not economical come on
0: <laughs> there's a jeff foxworthy uh, you may have heard it he's like sweetie i broke this all down for you The my camo cost this my ammo cost this my gas cost this you know, by the time this is said and done, this is hundred dollar a pound meat, yeah. and you're taking for this, <laughs> you're taking this for granted. Like this is this expensive, is high, dollar, high meat. dollar meat.
1: You better appreciate this. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Um, when did you? So, I mean, mm-hmm. one, just tell me about yourself. I just want to learn who who Isaac Payne is.
1: Oh, shoot, man, where do you even start?
0: I know. Well, Alaska, I guess. Yeah,
1: I mean, I grew up in Alaska, so Alaska is a culture in and of itself. I grew up in a rural town in, uh, called Delta Junction. It's about hundred miles south of Fairbanks, about 300 miles uh, east of the, or sorry, uh, west of the coast, east of the coast. So it's like in the exact middle of the state, middle of nowhere, um, but yeah, real small little town. Um, everybody kind of knows everybody, but the, Alaska culturally is such a rough, tough group. And it's great in a lot of ways. They're very hearty people, <laughs> and also a little crazy. Yeah. Um, but I love them to death. I love to go back and visit in the summer.
0: <laughs> and is the summer similar to to our months of summer?
1: Yeah, the summers there are beautiful. Yeah, like they're really nice. And they, I, you know, I was totally used to it growing up. I mean, they have the they have the longer and longer days. Eventually, the the height of the summer where I'm from. It's light all day long. Like yeah. it's like a it's like a sunset that never ends yeah, and it comes it's so back. Up. Weird. And then winter time is the opposite. Yeah. Our shortest day is like less than an hour.
0: Of sunlight. Yeah. So you're just pounding the vibe. And it's D.
1: usually as a kid, it's usually in the middle of school, so you don't even get it. Interesting. <laughs> it's super depressing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, well, there are higher suicide rates. Oh, there, much right? higher. Much yeah. higher.
1: Um, and this this is a really weird, sad mental health thing that I track as part of the, my job at the office. But like um, places like Idaho. Alaska, where they have that seasonal effectiveness disorder, yep. like it's much higher rates. Yeah, it's just something to be cognizant of, but
0: yeah, yeah, it's a sad deal, but it's good. We're studying it, and,
1: yeah, I you're mean, paying attention to it, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, what do you do for it? Vitamin D and exercise? Do jiu-jitsu? Yeah, I, I
1: actually talked to one doctor, and he said, if you live in one of those environments like Alaska, like Idaho in the winter, where it gets dark a lot, you need to supplement. Like, if you lived there for eight months, he said, if you've lived in what that environment for, for eight months of the year. You need to supplement. Yeah, it's the only way because you need that sunlight. You need that vitamin D.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you grew up there. I uh, went on a mission to, yeah, to so LDS mission.
1: I went on an LDS mission in North Carolina. Um, it's total culture shock for me. Yeah, I thought everywhere was kind of like close knit, like Alaska. It is not. Yeah. So my brother and I went to there. North Carolina. Did he? Charlotte. Oh, very cool. Yeah. North Carolina is awesome. The the it's incredibly hot there. Okay. <laughs> but it was it was a lot of fun. The people there are very very cool. They kinda of have that it's very much that southern culture. Yeah. But a little bit a little bit different than you what you typically think of in the south. I served a lot of my mission in uh, the Chapel Hill, uh, Durham, uh, all that kind of area. Uh, kind of where Duke University and uh, oh, okay. UNC are. That, that was like my area. Yeah. <laughs> so we'd walk campuses a lot. So that's cool. How's the food? amazing amazing
0: I, I love going places just for the food <laughs> go all over the world and it's like with well, the food that's the just food, what i want to. food that's what i want to do oh yeah uh so after after mission went back so, up to alaska uh
1: i didn't actually so most typically when you finish an lds mission you go straight home uh i didn't i stayed um worked a little bit for a couple months there uh and before i got into school here yeah and then i just came here so okay. I, I came to Rexburg. Uh, in 2004 and almost immediately started at the sheriff's office as a a reserve. Yeah. So I started as, at the sheriff's office as a reserve and, uh, started school. It was like one big, big expedition there. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, what did you go to school for?
1: So I got my degree in communication.
0: Oh, cool. So that fits right into your...
1: Yeah. Originally, originally my plan was I was going to get my, my BS in communication and, uh, I was going to minor in, uh, political science and I was going to go to law school. Yeah. But working at the sheriff's office very much cured me of ever wanting to become a lawyer for sure <laughs> nothing yeah. against them i'm oh, glad no. somebody yep. wants to do it it's not for oh, me it'd be such a tough <laughs> it's not for such me. a
0: tough deal and tough on both sides like the prosecution oh, yeah. and the defense just yeah so I'm incredibly difficult
1: mad respect for them yep but i know i don't want to do it yeah yeah <laughs> that's sure. what that taught me
0: yeah i thought about that for a little while then i thought about like actual politics and then yeah. I'm like nope it's nope. rough
1: like there are people and and that are kind of tuned into that, and they have that gift. Not me. Me either. I, I just want know. to talk to people all day. Yeah. And yeah, I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that was. Um, I ended up how I ended up here. I was going to school, and this is how I met my wife. It's cool. So, so you met her at school. Yeah. <clears throat> that's awesome. So my roommate was dating her roommate. So. Uh, networking. Networking. That's what it's all about. It was actually really funny because she absolutely hated me when she met me. She couldn't stand me. But our roommates were dating. So we spent a lot of time together. So I yeah. grew on her like a fungus.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, because then you got all the, all the bad stuff out of the way. <laughs>
1: right. So like I knew her roommate initially. And uh she I had all the uh, martial arts nerd for years, right? She yeah. I had all these like martial arts weapons laying around. And she's like, What is this? And she picked up like a pair of nunchucks. And she's like, How do you use these? So I spent like days teaching her how to use the nunchucks. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's super cool. And she kept going home to her apartment where my wife lived. And she'd come home with these bruises and things like <laughs> her. She's like, where are you getting these bruises? What's going on? She's like, oh, no, no, this dude, he's teaching me how to use the nunchucks. She's like, what? So she's like, hang on, I'll call him. He'll come over. And like, I came over, I brought my nunchucks in their little like tiny apartment. I yep. started whipping like dual nunchucks around. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you're a crazy person, and she like literally kicked me out of their apartment. She's like, "Don't come back! Don't come back!" And now we're married. Now you're
0: married. That's <laughs> awesome. What What got you into martial arts, and how how long? Like, what oh, age man. were you, and what got you into it?
1: Oh man, so like, uh, um, I feel like I gotta back way up. Cause yeah, that's like, great. As, as a kid, you wouldn't imagine this, I know, but like as a kid, I was a soft, squishy little dude, like, me too. very very quiet, <laughs> squishy little kid. Yeah got picked on a lot oh my gosh i cannot tell you the amount of beatings that i got in school like it was just a normal thing so like bullying to me is like old hat whatever yeah and i started uh my parents you know my dad and uh would get me into wrestling i got into wrestling probably when i was about 10 years old and that was i consider that my first martial art yeah i really do because um it very much instilled a lot of those those things that you'd, you'd equate with martial arts, but people, I don't think people normally consider wrestling a martial art, but it very much is. Yeah. Um, and then about high school, I, I made some friends, I ran into some friends that uh, that did an American style of karate. So I started doing that as well. Yeah. Uh, later I got into MMA, and so my first couple of MMA fights were basically a, a hodgepodge of a few submissions thrown into my wrestling with a little bit of karate in there. You know? Yeah. And back in the day, in the dark ages of MMA, Yeah. That could get you by. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot more than most people knew.
0: So was, was it MMA before UFC? How, how did that all work?
1: So MMA is just kind of a generic term. Okay, just mix, mixed, mix mixed, mixed martial, martial arts. arts.
0: So you're just kind of fighting. Right. Like, street like fights. If,
1: man, you go back, it's pretty cool. Like, you can go back to the, the Luta Livre in Brazil. Yeah. And they've been doing MMA for a long time. Yeah. Like, go to Japan. They've been doing MMA for a long time. We've just kind of labeled it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, mixing those arts is something that's been very cool and yeah. very cool to see it kind of evolve. Yeah. And then so you 1993, were doing that we see...
0: before UFC.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm not that old. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> first UFC was in 1993. Oh, okay. So uh, early 2000s, I had my first fight. So it's been around a minute. Um, but yeah, super cool. Yeah. I, th- I fought a bunch of amateur MMA fights, so I loved that. Yeah. Um, and then after doing MMA for a while, I took my first real jujitsu class. From this little 150 pound dude, still my friend today. Hello, Garrett, and uh, literally kicked the crap out of me. Yeah, he didn't have to, but I think he was. I, I like to think he was teaching me a very valuable lesson. Yeah, yeah. You you <laughs> know you, all Garrett. these you know all these
0: martial arts, <laughs> and now I'm gonna pull art.
1: <laughs> if I want to expose somebody, I have to talk about Garrett Hartley, who is the the guy who taught me this lesson very early on. Um, he owns a school in Alaska. A cool guy. Uh, him combined with my other first coach, Carl St. George. He also owns a school in Alaska. Great guys. And they taught me out the gate how much I did not know. And yeah. there's only two reactions to that. People walk into a jiu-jitsu <clears throat> class. They kind of get controlled, and for, especially for like a full-grown man. yeah, Someone who I kind of thought I could fight. Yeah. That's an ego hit mm-hmm. hard. And there's only two responses. You either get hooked and you're like, well, I've got to learn this now. Or you walk away and you yeah. never come back. Yeah. That's the only two things that can happen. For sure. And the, definitely got hooked. Yep, <laughs> I've exactly. been hooked ever since. That was about twelve years ago. So Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, how long have you owned so you started with Pain Athletics?
1: Yeah, which was a a, a combination of all the things that I love to do. Yeah. And like to me it was it was very much like a my own little playground. Mm-hmm. I was not thinking of it as a viable business. I just wanted yeah. to do the stuff I wanted to do. Yep. Uh, so I had weights in there. Uh, we did some Muay Thai because I've been doing Muay Thai for years. Yeah. Boxing, I've been doing mo- boxing for a while. And I had all those components. And it was a lot of moving parts. And as a business, it was not effective. Yeah. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. fun. It was super fun. Um, but that was our first initial kind of foray was Pain Athletic Company. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we did that. We started that in 2015. Um, and then about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, we kind of rebranded uh-huh. and boiled it down to like I had to th- sit down, and make it more efficient. I'm like, yeah. okay, what is the mo- what is the heart of what we do, and what's all the clutter? And it's not like you, those things are bad; they're just not efficient from a business standpoint. For sure. Uh, so to better serve our clientele and to make a more efficient business, we've removed everything but the jujitsu. Jitsu yeah. made that the kind of the core and we changed to pack jujitsu. Jitsu. So yeah. Pain Athletic Company, shorten it down. PAC, okay. PAC. I was actually going to ask oh, yeah. like, where pack come from? Yeah. That that's where sense? it came from.
0: Yeah. That's really cool. And things have been going good.
1: Oh, it's amazing. Good. So, yeah,
0: that's awesome. Um, what are some of the wrenches that have been thrown in along the way?
1: Oh man. As far as like a, the business goes, like yeah. I, I honestly, and you you could probably empathize with this. I had no idea what I was doing for sure. No, yeah. Not a clue.
0: But you did it. That's but the, I did that's it. the that's key. I jumped.
1: Yep. Because I got here. Um, I have to back up. Sorry, I'm all over the place. <laughs> no,
0: you're great. That's, that's so, why we're here.
1: <laughs> my wife and I like uh, we finished school here back in like 2009, and we left. Yeah. So I joined the air force. Oh, okay. We left. We were gone. We we're like peace out, Rexburg. We're out. Um, and then I got out of the air force. We. We tried living near her folks in California. We tried living near my folks in Alaska. none of it was quite right. Yeah. Well, you and can't live in California. No, no. no. Dude, I, I was like a fish out of water. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we ended up right back here. Like, where do we want to raise a family? Like, oh, America's family community. I'm yeah. going to go to <laughs> So we came, came back to here. And that's when, but none of the things at the time, none of the things I like to do were here. Mm-mm. Oh, there's no Muay Thai. There's no boxing. There's no jujitsu for sure. Yeah. So we had to do it ourselves. That's what you're left with. It's like, either not do it or do it yourself. So um, the wrenches, I think, we're not knowing a lot of, and I feel like if you're a half-intelligent person, you can kind of figure these things out. You know, things like uh, business plans and filing your taxes and all these kind of components that you just kind of have to learn along the way and then the people aspect that's the big question mark right because yeah like, oh well everything looks numerical on a spreadsheet for sure but there's the human factor that you can never account for exactly <laughs> so yeah. that's been fun that's yeah. been fun to kind of figure out
0: there's businesses that will come in and spend 50 grand on yeah. a market analysis yeah. and then and not know anything. and not that. know anything you can but what you did is you went out and you built a community
1: yeah and that's the thing too there was a really great book that um was referred to me by a friend and I've loved it is the book tribes.
0: Oh yeah. I yeah. Great. Love it. Yep.
1: And there's that's a lot of, take... <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm doing. And we're,
0: like, we're just tribal individuals. Like that, by it's nature. In our nature, it's in our yeah.
1: DNA. And I think it, it translates well and it's not anything dubious. It translates well to making people feel, feel like they belong for sure. I'm sure you yeah. get the same thing here. Yep. Like can build that kind of community. Yeah.
0: And it's, it's so good. I mean, we, you know, early on we talk about seasonal effect, uh, Seasonal Affective Disorder? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you enter a tribe, and now you're accountable to somebody. Yeah. You got some physical exercise. Watch out there. for each other, take care yep. of each other. Physical exercise,
1: yeah. mental exercise. Yeah.
0: Hey, why didn't you show up today? Do you need anything? People do that. Yeah.
1: Like, I haven't seen you in class in a couple of days. Where are you at?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. <laughs> you guys just need to sell vitamin D, and you got the whole thing. And then we got the whole package. Yeah. <laughs> now, so speaking of selling things, um, Anaconda.
1: Yes. So Tell me about a, that. This was an interesting partnership. Um so I've had several, it was weird, man. And maybe you got some in, social media insight into this, but like, uh, um, after I got sick and we can talk about that too in a, in a bit, but after I got sick, there was a kind of a surge, like not a huge surge, but different companies would, would pitch, Hey, you want to represent our brand and you got to be so careful who you associate with. Yeah. And like, there's groups like tap cancer out that I, man, I would partner with them all day. That's a great because mm-hmm. Um, but then I fell upon this, uh, this group, uh, this company, Anaconda Fightwear, and they are amazing. They're amazing to work with. They, they really care about athletes and promoting their sport. Yeah. So it was kind of a, a, a pure connection. So I'm like, Oh, these people are good people. I'm, I'm going to work with them. Um, so the, what it was a typical sponsorship kind of relationship. They would send me a product. I would test it out. I would, they wanted to know honest feedback, how it went. Yeah. shoot a video. I'd take some pictures with it. And it was very symbiotic that way. And then uh, I've always, not always, maybe for like the last year or two, wanted to do some kind of jujitsu competition in our community because we always have to travel. We Uh have to go Boise, Salt Lake, like hours and hours of driving to get to any kind of jujitsu competition. I was like, man, we never get to do it in our own backyard. Yeah. I've always wanted to hold something here. And I really like the format of an open rule set Invitational, yeah. where you handpick some of the best guys you can find. Yeah, open up the the gates to what they can do, whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Just make the other guy tap. Yeah, and see what happens. Yeah. On, oh man,
0: I, I only know. wish that you would have had it a week later. I know. I'm, I'm going No, no, you're good.
1: Um, but yeah, so I had already planned it, and I was I was crunching numbers. I had all the I had all the information, the costs, and everything like that, and I was ready to do it out of pocket. Yeah. And I had this idea. I was like, you know, these guys are super cool. And we communicated all the time. It's like, I'm just going to pitch them the idea. Like, hey, would you be interested in partnering, partnering with me on this? And... They responded with like not only partnering but the cable sponsor the whole thing. That's awesome. And all they want to return is a little exposure. They want yep. lots of we're going to take lots of pictures, lots cool. of video. Good. So it's good for the athletes too. Yep. A lot of these guys are they're jujitsu fighters, they're MMA fighters. So it's it's building their personal brand too. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah, that's wait, and that's this Saturday. It's this Saturday, and you you booked the romance theater. I booked the
1: romance theater. So I'll t- I can tell you what inspired me. Uh, initially, initially was watching a lot of the the Eddie Bravo invitationals uh-huh. and the EBIs yeah. and i just love that kind of format cuz like man i i came up in the cage fighting era of mma where it's like oh, it's kind of like the lower class rougher dudes do that kind of stuff yeah like, it didn't have a great social status yeah. you know? so i wanted i liked how they they kind of elevated it to it was a higher class event like this is a sporting event with athletes professional athletes you mm-hmm. know and i was like "Ooh, i like that vibe and that's what i wanted i wanted yeah. that kind of feel to it where like this is a, a legitimate sporting movement mm-hmm. that's like, really you need a cool. stage you need to perform like and i want it to be watchable yep because i freaking love jujitsu well i
0: need it to be watchable because i'm not gonna be here so. oh right yeah. <laughs> no i'm gonna record it so <laughs> okay,
1: i get good. it for you um but i love jujitsu i love watching jujitsu i have a hard time watching black belt jujitsu gi matches
0: because yeah. they're so boring,
1: yeah, and they could go a long time, yeah. So I'm like, this has to be a watchable event. So mm-hmm. no gi, so, sub okay. only. Okay. The only way to win is to tap. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, what What kind of time limits?
1: So I'm uh, uh, having it a ten minute rounds. Cool. So you get ten minutes to get the other guy to tap. If that doesn't happen, we're going to very much just straight up borrow the EBI overtime rules. I'm yeah. not sure if you're familiar with those, but Mm-mm. so basically, what happens is um, you literally flip a coin. As, let's say you and i were flipping the coin you won the, the the coin toss you get to pick either seated back mount okay or the uh, seated armbar position yeah spider web yeah um you get to pick one or the other and then when we'll swap in a minute and it's fastest sub longest ride time or fastest escape okay so there's always a winner yeah no judge needed
0: yeah, that's cool.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool.
0: That's gonna be awesome. <laughs> it's gonna um, be pretty cool. It, what? Uh, it doesn't. This doesn't matter. But like, what kind of prizes?
1: So that was the uh, really interesting thing too. Normally, for especially like local competitors, they end up paying to go to tournaments. For sure. Yeah. Like that's usually the, the the what happens. For this one, I did not want that. So they're it's yeah. costing them nothing but the time and the energy to travel here. Um, other than that, uh, first place gets five hundred dollars. Sweet. Which doesn't sound like a lot but when you normally have to pay to compete absolutely getting paid to compete is pretty cool Oh, for sure um so 500 bucks and then i had a Gandhi blacksmithing uh which is a friend of mine dan gandy in uh, pocatello he is a blacksmith and he made a uh, uh a custom forged knife oh cool so Oh, it, i saw that on yeah. social media it yeah. looks so good it's super cool yeah so he made this knife because i was like man we got to have a medal or a belt or something for the winner. I was like, that's so generic. Everybody does that. So I had this. I thought, like, let's make a knife. Yeah, that's way So it's going to be a custom knife. It's got scales on the the handle. Yeah, is
0: it blue? It's like a
1: blue and purple. Yeah. It looks so good. It looks so cool. So that's what the winner gets, 500 bucks and this custom forged knife. Um, I wish I could give a prize to every single combatant, Um, but what I did... Get from Anaconda. They were very, very generous, and they're going to provide each athlete with a rash guard cool. and shorts, and they get yeah. to keep those. Those are theirs. That's awesome. So that's cool. They get, they get to compete for free. Yep. And uh, that's what I keep telling. Them. It's like you know, worst case scenario, you come out of it with free gear. So that's absolutely. Cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and uh, lots of lessons. Yeah, I mean, lots of lessons.
1: That's what competing is. Exactly. That's,
0: that's really cool. I love the training. <laughs> and honestly, like you know, I've done a lot of just local. Little CrossFit competitions. You sign up. It's a hundred bucks, but you get a T-shirt. Like I'm happy for the T-shirt. I know. It's embarrassing what I'll get <laughs> yeah. for a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. <laughs> yeah. But then uh, Anaconda's sending a bunch of extra stuff too, so we'll have extra prizes just to give out to whoever shows up to watch. It's really cool. So <clears throat> you should show up. And anybody who wants to show up and uh, attend, like you're got a really good chance of getting free gear, free rash guards, uh, shorts uh they have this custom knee brace that they have it's oh yeah the yeah one. i've I've seen that that's it's cool. pretty comfy it's, fun. it's cool to roll in yeah I've, I've even weight lifted in it so it's okay kind
0: of well and you can you can strap it kind of how tight you want it right yeah
1: you can you can change the the tightness and uh what i've played with is kind of cool because when you cross it just like you do it's like your weightlifting knee straps mm-hmm. you can adjust where you need that, that yeah that x that's tension yeah so i do that a lot that's cool <laughs> like, oh my acl versus my mcl today yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's cool. I love the innovative companies and just yeah. Well, how you networked with them is the same way you networked with your wife. Like right. good long lasting relationships.
1: Yeah, well, and that was something that um, was taught to me by a couple different mentors. Is like you got to build relationships. Yeah. Everything you do is based on relationships. It seems like a spreadsheet. It seems like numbers. It seems like math. But really, it's relationships that the grease the wheels that make yeah. things happen.
0: And it's really what matters. I mean, oh, honestly, yeah. like. My wife and I have talked about it. If, if just everything crashed, yeah. we have such a good group of friends, that like wouldn't matter. we could, we could go to McDonald's, right? <laughs> maybe not <laughs> McDonald's, maybe that's the wrong, Who you know, come over and eat at our house. Like with just, that network, be all right. is, we'd be all right. Yeah. Um, we put a lot of emphasis on, you know, what success is in this society, but yeah. success is networking. Yeah. I think.
1: Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> Do you enjoy what you're doing? Yeah. Do you enjoy who you're doing it with? Exactly yeah
0: sadly we don't live in a world where a lot of people
1: are doing what they want to be doing no no they hate what they're doing yeah so i get it you got to pay bills
0: you have to pay bills for sure but i do believe that most people can pay their bills doing what they want they just i think they just don't know that's why we're here afraid to jump yeah so what what made you
1: jump you know it's like um and my wife always jokes about this because i'll be like you know what i have an idea and she goes (laughs) Oh, that means I have work to do. That's <laughs> like, exactly how my wife is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm the starter and she's the, she's the runner.
1: Yeah. And it's good. Cause my wife is very pragmatic. She's a planner. She organizes. She's very good. That's how her brain works. She has yeah. lists. And I come up with ideas and I pull triggers. Yeah. Like, man, you want someone to just do it. I'll just do it. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's the only way to get things done. It's like, um, they talk about like paralysis, uh, Analysis by, Ana- an al- yeah, analysis, yeah, analysis by analysis. yeah, analysis by now, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. It's like I don't have that, and so I yep. try not to be too impulsive with my decisions. But if you give me some facts, I'm like, okay, I can really quickly. And maybe it's the law enforcement. It's like, oh, I can analyze that. I'm like, boom, yeah. we need to do this now. Yeah. So, and I think if you wait too long, you'll talk yourself out of almost anything.
0: Well, I think you'll talk it. You'll talk yourself out of it, and <clears throat> I also think there's some this is just me, but some sort of frequency that's coming out of your brain that's going to make someone else start it. Oh, yeah. So you got to jump on it. You do. You do. Uh, the TV. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Rigby, so yeah. Philo T. Farnsworth invented the TV. But sure. This is, you know, way before a lot of communication was going right. on. There were like five other people around the world that were creating the TV yeah. at the same time. Yeah. You're know, like, how is some dude in Rigby? Some guy in Japan, right. Some guy in China, A right. couple guys in the United States building the same thing at the same time. Wild, right? Yeah, they never knew about each other. They're, they just the first. They one weren't that, homies. They weren't yeah, friends. Yeah, <laughs> just pretty interesting stuff. But they all they all pulled the trigger, and then one got a patent first.
1: Right. Kind of cool. Kind of cool. People ride that kind of energy in that wavelength. Yeah. And it's cool when you get people like that in the same room together. Oh yeah. And like fireworks. Yeah. It's cool.
0: The consciousness. It is, is something that. Yeah. We're not taught.
1: We're not I taught.
0: Mean, maybe in religion we're we're taught it a little bit more, but sure, You know, you in school it. they're definitely not saying like, "Are you are you children meditating every day? <laughs> are you really trying to connect with nature? <laughs> right. Are you trying to connect with a higher power?"
1: Yeah, they don't teach that. No, they don't teach that. And it's something that's interesting when we talk about combatives and fighting. It's like um, I try to get people to to pay attention to their instincts, yeah, their animalistic, intrinsic instincts, their gut reactions, yeah your spiritual intuition, whatever you want to call it, there's that voice that, that warns you of danger. Animals pay attention to it, but yeah. we train ourselves out of it. For sure. Like, oh, that's just, that's not real. That's just some you know, paranoid thought. Yep. Like if you can train yourself to pay attention to that, even if you can't articulate or explain why, it's like you can keep yourself out of a lot of danger and you can access things that you wouldn't have normally perceived. Yeah. Just by paying attention, like, oh, I got a gut feeling about this. Yeah. People write that off. Yeah. There's there's a lot to that.
0: Yeah. Well, don't we have as many I, I read somewhere we have as many neurons in our gut as we have in our brain or more. Yeah. And so you got the old, ancient talk that's like, Oh, I have a gut feeling. Right. Well, that gut feeling's real. It's real. It's actual that's,
1: neurons that are firing That are firing off. And so your body's then, like, hey. Pay attention.
0: Yeah, what food are like this could go deep, you know, what food yes. are we putting into our body? What yes. are we exposing ourselves to? What uh, you know, addictions or whatever it is that's just messing up that connection
1: that dude, and this this is so this is so uh a very natural segue but like talking about um 2018. It's when I was diagnosed with colon cancer. Yeah. And I've been I've been weightlifting since I was sixteen years old. I was like, and back in that time. Like as a kid, like I talk about, scrawny little kid, picked on a lot. My like I had a couple of close friends growing up, but my best friends and I was a comic book nerd before it was cool. Like <laughs> it was not cool, guys. Back <laughs> in the day, I suffered a lot for liking comic books, but those were my friends. Like I grew up with the Captain America and superhero comics, and uh, Superman was my, my jam for like, like as a younger kid, and I was like, man, man, if I could only do the things that he could do. Yeah. But that's fantasy. Yeah. And then you start get you get a little older. And he started looking at Batman. You're like, Oh man, Batman's a bad egg. Yeah. He has no superpowers. None at all. He has a ton of money. But he just <laughs> but he, <laughs> he made himself yeah. into a superhero, right? Yep. He's got a ton of money. But he yeah. made himself into a superhero. I'm like, oh, I can do that.
0: Yeah, I can be Batman.
1: Yeah, I can be Batman. Yeah. So, yeah. Like you guess you step into you probably empathize with the thought too. I can step into a weight room and I can make myself stronger. Yeah. I can make myself faster. I can learn to be better at protecting myself and the people I love. Yeah. So I can transform myself into a stronger person that way. And at first it was all very physical protection for me, but mm-hmm. like, there was a huge spiritual mental side of it that switched me, um, way before then. So I've been weightlifting for a long time. Ever since I was got like, introduced to that weight room by my track coach at like 14, I'm like, Oh, I need to do more of this. Yeah. Um, and it, very typical, very typical, like, um, approach to weightlifting and like the diet, lots of protein, yep. uh, you know, multiple chicken breasts a day, like so much meat, so much protein. Um, and that's how I ate for years. Yeah. Uh, then in 2018, I got colon cancer, stage three colon cancer. They had to remove a f- over a foot of my intestines, some lymph nodes, resection everything, sew me back up. But then you're left afterwards going, okay, How do I eat? What do I do now? There's actually very little research and very little guidance after that. Once they get you like no evidence of disease, peace out, out. good luck, God bless. Yeah. So I left with a lot of uh, questions. Um, But ever since then, I've kind of evolved and I eat a completely plant-based diet now.
0: So you are, okay. As I'm out there pushing that everyone needs a gram of (laughs) protein per day. That's fine.
1: Because it's weird because people get dogmatic about this. I'm sure you know. It's like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do this. And I very much believe... Although we're all kind of built with the same hardware, um, diet is a very specific. Thing. I think so too. Person yeah. to person, like absolutely. Your needs are going to be totally different than mine. yep yeah. I might have a genetic predisposition for the disease that I got. Yeah. Whereas you have a zero risk for that. Yeah. So it's not like a blanket answer.
0: Yeah, for sure. So how 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 do you eat? I mean, you you say mostly plant based. Mostly
1: plant based. So uh, for a while there was like strict vegan. Yeah. Um, and it was this was a really random story, man. This is really weird. I ended up, I ended up going on Doctor Oz to teach I some, didn't know that. to teach That's some awful. self defense stuff. Yeah. And I'm talking to Doctor Oz about this, and super cool guy, by the way. Yeah. And uh, he's like, "Well, have you talked? Have you thought about like? Because I don't drink milk, of course, or anything. Yeah. But have you thought about adding in some uh, some good cheese? Yeah. <laughs> cheese. Yeah. He's like prebiotics and probiotics, and he gave me this whole lecture about prebiotics and probiotics. He's like, not like Craft singles, but yeah, start... actual real them. Yeah. Good, good cheese. It's yeah. like add some of that in, yeah, not a lot. Like, don't eat pounds of cheese, that's silly, yeah, <laughs> but yeah.
0: So, I incorporate
1: in, cheese in my it, diet, and we're
0: vegan, but then in, started incorporating some cheese,
1: yeah. What about eggs? Uh, occasionally, I don't eat a ton of eggs. Um, it's weird, some things don't taste the same to me anymore, yeah. or like just preferentially, yeah. Uh, it, it during chemo. Uh, very sensitive to cold and to metal, okay. which is pretty typical. But even though that's gone, like even tasting metal, yeah super sensitive now i'm like oh and there's just certain tastes and things that i'm like oh i don't know why a metallic taste yeah so eggs are one of those things that's like "Mm, i don't like that as much anymore
0: do you do you supplement protein with like plant protein powders or are you really just eating mostly net like
1: real food kind of like we were talking earlier It's like i like to get my protein from food if possible like green vegetables uh legumes yeah that's kind of my protein sources um if I have to, I'll use a plant-based protein powder. I really like the the Orgain; those types of ones. Uh, I've used uh, Ambrosia. Okay. That's a cool one. Uh, yeah, I don't even know any of
0: these names. Cause it's like <laughs> it's a foreign world to me.
1: There's some, it, and it didn't used to exist. Yeah. Like it used to be like you might, you know, back in the day, you could get whey protein, maybe yeah. some casing, but like yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, there's like quite the market for it now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I only use it if I have to. Yeah. Typically in the mornings or like pre jujitsu because you don't want to yeah. have a gut full of food. For sure. Yeah.
0: Well, that's it's cool that you found that about yourself because you know, yeah. a lot of people, I mean, we we know it, we see it.
1: I, the standard American yeah, diet, man. Standard, Sad. America, <laughs> yep, it really
0: is. Yeah. I worked on the ambulance for 10 years. You've and seen it. I've seen it.
1: The number yes. one killer of men's heart disease. Yeah. Number one cause of heart disease, obesity. Yeah. So,
0: yep. I' been on calls where we're about to take someone to the hospital and they're large and they're like, grab my mountain dew. <laughs> like you don't need your mountain <laughs> this dew. Is the last thing you need right now.
1: So, but it's good. But um, I like to tell people all the time it's like, okay because yeah, they're like, oh I just I just saw you eat like a chocolate chip cookie. like what are you doing? And I feel yeah. like people kind of hyper judge my diet.
0: <laughs> oh yeah,
1: I'm sure you get that sometimes too. Um, but it's I tell people it's like it's not that you can't ever indulge in these things for sure. It's like Thanksgiving dinner. Thanksgiving dinner is great. Just don't eat Thanksgiving dinner every day. Yeah, <laughs> That would yep. be bad.
0: Yeah, even if you put green and red on a calendar and you're eating 80% green. Yeah, 80-20, you know, yeah. you'd be
1: fine. Yep. But most people don't do that. It's flipped. No, no it's so <laughs>
0: hard. And, I mean, I think even the, the FDA, my plate, it's not – really what no. we should be looking for, No. like where you're basing things on vegetables. And, you know, I base things a lot on meat and vegetables. Right. It's just the natural foods.
1: Sure. And my wife, because she's a cancer survivor too. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no, We have great luck. We need to buy lottery tickets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, <clears throat> but she's found a lot of success with kind of the, kind of that kind of formula, like kind of like the whole 30 type thing, just yeah. whole foods. Yep she doesn't do plant-based so she's like when she's on that her 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 post uh cancer symptoms are relieved so, okay so uh, whole foods you know vegetables fruits meat yeah man she feels amazing doing that yeah yeah People don't pay attention to that
0: crossfit greg glassman meat and vegetables nuts and ah. seeds some fruit little starch no sugar
1: yeah like, it would change dude it. i've been i've been i've been. I started reading Stan Efferding stuff like years oh, ago. Yeah. I listened to your episode with yeah. him. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, you got to talk to Stan.
0: Yeah, I know. We saw him at CrossFit regionals one year, and it was this big dude's walking around in shorts, and he was pulling a cooler. And then I saw Vertical Diet on his shirt. I'm like, that's Stan, Stan Efferding. Efferding. <laughs> Go over and talk to Who him. Who else could that be? Oh, he's <laughs> such a nice guy, too. Just so nice he's like get here's my number you just text me let's do a podcast that's like awesome. just that's awesome you know every once in a while like if it's a birthday or something just text him he still probably doesn't really know who i am he's yeah. done a couple episodes but it's, am- but-
1: it's amazing <clears throat> how people like that you think they'd be kind of standoffish but yep. like most of those guys even though they look big they look scary they look intimidating He's like their hearts are, are oh yeah soft <laughs> like they yeah. are softies
0: yeah he's created several multi-million dollar businesses yeah. And he's willing to take my sure. phone number to come on my show That's for crazy, an hour. Right? How cool yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah, cool super, super good guy. Yeah, pretty cool. So you've been reading his stuff then? Or,
1: yeah, were... uh, and I, I, tr- I tr- it was fun. It was really sad because like I started like getting into that right before I got sick. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, I never really got to test it. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I need to ask him, ask Martin about that and see how, uh, how he likes doing that. I yeah,
0: I, I feel the best when I'm. Eating mostly like vertical style, yeah, like the monster uh, mash, yeah, the monster. I mean, I've done monster mash a lot, dude. Um, and the thermos, simple, yeah. The thermos simple. really is the, it's kind of the key. I behind think sometimes
1: it. people overcomplicate it. They're oh, like, totally over. They want to like food. create this fancy food, and they go on Instagram like, oh, look at this crazy recipe, yep. and I'm sure it tastes amazing. But for day to day life, that's super impractical, especially yeah. if you're a busy person.
0: My my wife will throw some rice in the pan. A uh, little bit of butter just to make the rice, you know, taste better. Whatever. Right. Then she throws in the spinach, then she throws in some eggs. Yeah, it's the best breakfast. It's you easy. Know she'll put in a little bit of cheese. Probably Super tastes great. easy. Tastes great, and it's got everything you need. Yeah. Like as far as Stan and, and vertical diet type stuff, he talks about. You need a carrot or a few carrots. You need an orange. You need to supplement probably some magnesium. Right. He talks about egg, red meat. Yeah. Um. But then that that meat or protein, you know, cuz he, yeah. he he works with people that are plant-based as well. Rice and protein is going to be how you're either gaining muscle and losing body fat or, yeah. you know, going in whatever direction. And what's cool is you've got Half Thor Bjornson, Brian Shaw, these yeah. big dudes. Big strong the, dudes. Their horizontal diet is still eating the carrots, eating the egg, yeah. eating the orange, having the or, <laughs> the orange juice. And they're they're doing that, but so is the 110 pound figure competitor. Right. So it's it's pretty cool.
1: What's really interesting is like I like because digestively my my guts are a hot mess. Like yeah. They're, they're basically a jigsaw puzzle, but they, they work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but super sensitive. Uh huh. But the adding the orange juice or something like that actually helps a lot. That's cool. So there's that components of those things that. When I try to pay attention to
0: when Doctor Oz told you about the cheese, yeah. did that help? Oh, it like does the pre and post. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah, so the, and I started like, you know, you, you get onto, the, onto that wave and you start deep diving and get down yeah. that rabbit hole. So I'm like, oh, what about like other like fermented foods? Like, for
0: sure. You know, yeah. your, your kefir and. Yeah, and yeah. kimchi and yep. all this
1: stuff. Like, yeah, so. Cool. I definitely incorporate those things into there too. I did, I did, I wanted to see what it would feel like, but I did five days of nothing but like kimchi and sauerkraut and like those kind of pickled type foods. Yeah. And that's all I ate for like five days. And it, it was too long. Dude, yeah. <laughs> the calorically it wasn't enough. Oh, yeah. But like it did a good gut reset. It would be like doing a long fast. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt Do like. Do you fast at all? Once in a while. I tried the intermittent fasting for a while. But here's the dilemma that I run into. And maybe you got some good advice. Um, so I digest things quickly. But it's not like efficiently. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. oh, a quick digestive system. That's good. But it's not efficiently. So you and I could eat the same meal, but I mm-hmm. won't get nearly as many nutrients yeah. out of it because my digestive system's not So good. you kind of need to keep that food keep coming. Keep that food it. coming or else. I, once it hits, and like, you're like, oh, I'm kind of hungry. Well, I'm like ready to fall asleep because I don't have enough in me. Okay. So it's interesting. It's like a really fast-burning furnace, but it doesn't burn efficiently. Yeah. Which ha, is a has, great combo.
0: <laughs> has the post-cancer and after the surgery, is it messed with like blood
1: sugars and stuff? I mean... Not too bad, and I... Uh, Talking to like my my oncology doctors and things like that, they attribute both my survival and my current health um, to being physically fit and active before, during, and after. Because a lot of times the old school thought was if you're on chemotherapy, you should just chill. Like stop what you're doing, just rest. Which is valid. You do need to do a lot of that. Yeah. But I lifted weights during chemo. Cool. I did jujitsu during chemo. I did jujitsu yeah. with a chemo pump attached to my port in my chest. Yeah. It's like, here, hold this. Don't spill it. It's radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> so I did all of that. So the recovery was much faster, much quicker, much better resulted than had I not.
0: Well, you're keeping that. I mean, you just, you watch the muscle wasting in people. You do. It emo. goes fast. Yeah. Fast. How, how is it to eat? I mean... You kinda of throw up everything you eat, don't you?
1: And that's kind of usually the that's why they don't stress the nutrition as much. They're like, Whatever you can keep down, yeah, eat it. Yeah. <laughs> so in the moment during treatment, whatever I could eat, I would just eat. So yeah. you just whatever you can keep in your body. But post is like and it was great. All the doctors around here are amazing. I always feel like a like like sideways blessed because like <laughs> I'm not blessed that I got sick. Yeah. But if you had to pick a place to get it, this is the place because we have amazing doctors and medical people around this area and so they offered a lot of things and but meeting with the nutritionist it was very much like there wasn't much there for you post yeah there's just not a lot of advice interesting it's a really underwhelming area of study like there's not a lot done
0: so really your post nutrition you're just finding what has worked for you
1: yeah and it probably works for other people too, yeah. but I don't believe in blanket answers. To yeah, that. for
0: sure. Well, especially when it comes to nutrition. I mean, I've worked yeah. with a lot of people over the years, and there's a lot. Of almost stuff going on everybody there. has a different That's a thing that makes system. them tick. It's yeah, a complex system. Yeah, nutrition coaching's hard. Yeah, when you're like,
1: I benefit. This is a again, this is a silver lining because I still get follow-ups. I get blood work every done every two months. Yeah. It's like, can you imagine if you could see where all your blood oh, man, panels were that. every two months? Yep, <laughs> you could make adjustments. That's yeah. what I get to do. Yeah, that is cool. So it's kind of a nice little edge that I get. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, someone
0: will say, hey, yeah, I want a nutrition coach. Like, how much does it cost? And I'm like, well, let's let's chat about that.
1: Let's you know, chat about. It's a it. hundred bucks a month.
0: Well, that's expensive. I'm like, yeah, but I have to learn you. Yeah, you and you do. and then you, do. you have to be accountable to me. And and here's you know, the here's the cautionary
1: <clears throat> thing because, um, I'm sure you tell this to those people too, is that you can't just hire a personal trainer because then most of them, not all, there's some good trainers out there, but a lot of them are just going to reduce your calories and yep. try and get you to lose weight quickly. And you're like, Oh look, success. Yeah. And dude, that's not how it works. No,
0: <laughs> no. When, when you take someone that's eating 1800 calories a day and you bump them to 2400, they're like, that makes no sense
1: to me. It doesn't make any sense. I can't, I can't, I can't, in, I can't out, right? do that.
0: <laughs> like just,
1: just, trust trust, me. trust, me.
0: <laughs> trust the, yeah. Give me four months.
1: Right. Yeah. But that goes against everything they've been taught about weight loss or nutrition their whole life. Yeah, it like, is. Oh, you just drop your calories and you, you eat less and you do more. Yeah. It's like, no, you can't work your way out of nope. garbage nutrition.
0: Nope. Don't listen to the MyPlate. <laughs>
1: yeah, don't do it. Don't <clears throat> do it. Um, so transitioning a little bit. sure. sure. Bring me
0: through your, your jiu-jitsu. And, yeah. Because you're a black belt now. Yes.
1: I'm a black belt uh, under Hegan uh, Machado. Okay, cool. So.
0: Yeah. So can you bring, bring me through that?
1: Yeah. So I mean, it's a long process. A long Makes process. you patient. <laughs> On average, you know, it takes 10 to 20 years to get your black belt in jujitsu. So it's a long haul. Yeah. Most martial arts, um, knowing from experience, you could you could get from white to black belt in a few years. Yeah. It could happen. Taekwondo, karate. Uh, and I'm not talking bad about any of those martial no, arts. For I think sure. they all kind of yeah, play. They get their, their place. Play their place. Um, but mine started with that MMA. And it was kind of backwards. Most people now learn jujitsu and get into MMA. It was backwards for me. I got into MMA then I got into jujitsu. Yeah. Um, starting there in Alaska uh, with those guys was great. Um, I moved here and there was no jujitsu. Like the, the closest jujitsu at the time uh, was Mark Massey's in Pocatello. Okay. And so Mark kind of took me under his wing as a blue belt. so i opened my first school as a blue belt awesome which is if you guys don't know that's incredibly ballsy yeah for sure (laughs) i look at that now i'm like what was i thinking (laughs) um but mark was super supportive and i don't think i would have made it without him yeah like he very much was my foundation um he's a judo black belt uh karate black belt and a jujitsu black belt so I have learned a lot from that man over the years. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but he also introduced me to Higa Machado, so I became part of the Higa Machado family, their association, Um, and then last year I got my black belt. It's really uh, cool from him personally in in Hollywood, California, which is super cool. Oh, that is cool. (laughs) So, how many years? About twelve years total. Yeah, yeah. it takes years in between belts. It's it's pretty wild. Um, I spent the first like white to blue belt as kind of a knuckle dragger, like yeah. coming from MMA. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So it was very top game, very like, pressure passing. That was mm-hmm. kind of like kind of my game. And if you've rolled with me in the past couple of years, you're like, really? <laughs> Cause yeah. that's not what I do anymore. Um, so a lot of it now, like it evolved. So I got to my blue belt kind of with that mentality and it was really funny. Um, he probably doesn't remember doing this, um, but the first black belt I ever rolled with was Jarvis Edwards out of uh, Anchorage. Um, but he choked me unconscious. <laughs> yeah. because <laughs> I was a, I was very ignorant like, like I was I'm trying not to, gonna I to crush yeah. him. And he just rolled me over and just like put me in a mounted triangle and I'm like tapping, tapping, and he just looked at me and no. yeah, and just let me go out. Yeah, and I woke up and I with uh, a lot more intelligence than when I went yeah. out. <laughs>
0: it's like he choked the ego right out of his right strangled ego. he did.
1: So I got to blue belt with that mentality. But yeah. um, once I got to blue belt, uh, Carl St. George, uh, he told me, hey, we need to really develop this guard game. Yeah. So from, from now until I tell you not to, every round you do, every drill, I want you on your back. like cool. play your guard yeah. all day long. And I got smashed yeah. for so long. <clears throat> um, but very much evolved into a better guard game. Uh, very much love like things like half guard and X guard now. Those are my jams. That's cool. So I play with those a lot. And yeah. it was interesting... Uh, I got exposed to leg locks early on in my jujitsu journey back again before it was cool. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and now it's like, I feel very vindicated cause it's very popular. Now. Oh, for sure. So people yeah. are like, Hey, uh, you show me some of that? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yes, I can. I was like,
0: I was listening to Joe Rogan before people thought
1: he was cool. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but back, like, I don't, I don't know how much of this you want to get into. But, oh, all of it. Um, so traditionally, uh, for jujitsu, uh, leg locks were kind of taboo. So traditional Brazilians like, um, and it's nothing against them, but they just considered it kind of dirty, dirty fighting. Yeah. Um, and the rule sets subsequently reflected that and a lot of competitions, they weren't even legal. Uh, but lately in the past few years, there's been kind of a a surge and a movement towards that and allowing that it's evolving into this, uh, very new game. And it's very cool to see, um, because it's very much a component, of submission fighting, yeah. So you see it uh, in catch wrestling, catch as catch can. Um, all the, the Japanese fighters, they were they've been doing them for eons. So yeah, uh,
0: well, that's kind of what seems to be happening. You know, I was yeah. talking to to James. I mm-hmm. Did uh, James Enfield was actually the last the last uh, podcast on here. And he was saying, you know, every once in a while in UFC, they'll be like, there's this new move. And he's like, actually, Nothing. Nothing. that's like the first <laughs> yeah. Japanese jiu-jitsu move. Like, yeah. just look it up.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you never you never invent a move. Like, yeah. you, you can popularize a move. Yeah. It's like you think, you know, anybody invents something. But if you're good enough at a move to where they start calling it after you, yeah. you're probably pretty good at that move. For sure. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot of, like... There's a lot of moves that have been around for centuries, literally centuries, yeah. that we're just kind of working into a modern game. It's such so, an interesting. But culturally, we've kind of pushed a lot of things out. Yeah. I think it, it more so is to favor certain things. There's nothing sadder to me than meeting uh, like a black belt that has no idea how to do a leg lock. I'm like, someone did yeah. you a disservice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you should know how to do this.
0: Yeah. Wasn't it? Was it Alio Gracie that said um, it takes at least 10 years to get a black belt because you can fool me for nine years? <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> Something like that.
1: Right. So, but yeah, like, and you think about it strategically, um, tactically, and uh, John Downer here talks about this. Like, if you got someone who's a lot bigger than you, a lot stronger than you, you're going to have a heck of a time, like, ar- ar- arm barring or Americani in that person. You've probably tried, Yeah, like, throwing an Americana on mm-hmm. a really big dude. Like, that's a that's tough. tough. Yeah. I can ankle lock the piss out of them. Yeah, it yeah. takes nothing. So, uh, everybody chokes out, and everybody's legs break. Here's a really interesting thing, though. It's like because I have a lot of I have a lot of history with this man from law enforcement to bouncing. Yeah, like I've fought with guys on the street that were high out of their minds, drunk. Yeah, and you can break their arm, and they're still fighting. Yeah, there's two ways they're going down. You can choke them unconscious, or you can break their leg. Yeah. Even a guy who's high out of his mind, he's t- taking math, whatever, feels no pain. He still needs to stand up to fight you. For sure. You break his leg, he's not standing up to fight you.
0: And then they they proverbially handcuff police and not let them choke people out.
1: <laughs> Dude, I can speak on this stuff, too. Yeah. So I am a subject matter expert in use of force for law enforcement. Uh, so this year I'll be getting my master's, or not my master, my, um, uh, they call it a master instructor Yeah. Uh, for the state of Idaho in use of force, yeah. arrest techniques, which in the past, like I've, I've been doing it for years, teaching it for years. And in the past, our old system was very much like Aikido based, like standing wrist locks, yeah. which I'm sorry is absolute garbage, yeah. <laughs> not to yeah. trash on anybody, but what we were doing it for, like if you get a really high level Aikido guy, yeah, he's gonna break your arm. Yeah, <laughs> But this stuff was not not conducive with what we were trying to well, do. Well, And
0: it's tough because you're taking someone who's never trained and right. you're trying to teach them a high
1: right. level. Exactly. Skill. Very intricate yeah. um, uh, technique. Um, but the uh, 2018 and beyond, Idaho moved to a system called Archon, which is a rest control techniques. Uh, and it's a system that was developed in uh, California, LAPD. And it's very much, it's a carbon copy nearly of uh, Gracie's survival tactics. So oh, it's cool. 90% yeah. jujitsu. I'm like, thank you. Like yeah. This is what I've been doing at work for years anyway. Yeah. So it was kind of nice. It was uh, another vindicating moment there. So that's what the cops in Idaho train under. They train a lot of jujitsu.
0: Yeah. Are they able to strangle?
1: We Well, here's the thing. So the state in the program, they call it a carotid restraint. Cool. So, and it's really good to clarify these things. Uh, I agree because, <laughs> like, a well, choke, you hear choke, and it's you're like, very much the colloquialism. What does like the, the movie
0: show? Yeah. you choke someone for ten seconds and they're dead, <laughs> right? You know, and they're they're on the windpipe. <laughs> right. So, really, yeah. it's a strangle. So, it's a and
1: and you're a great guy to to, to describe this, like a choke. Is literally something stopping the air. Yeah. Like if you had a piece of food in your throat, and yeah. You're choking. That's yeah. The, choking. the police is stuffing. <laughs> They're,
0: <laughs> They're choking. It's a funny yeah. visual, right? Yeah.
1: Um, a strangle would be like someone cutting off the maybe the blood and the air, and like stranglehold. Um, when the when we as law enforcement apply these types of techniques, we call it a carotid restraint. In the fact that we're just interrupting the blood flow, long enough to get you handcuffed. That yeah. is it and it's Which it's is not seconds. detrimental to no. the, to the
0: individual at all. No. It's it's,
1: it's quick. the safest. I've done it it's, it's, it's the safest thing yep. you can do for them. Yeah. Because you look at the alternatives and um the the culture for law enforcement suffers from tool dependency. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I I love firearms. I believe in firearms. That is a very high level of force. Yeah. Um, so is a beanbag or a taser. Like those are very high levels of force. We call them less than lethal. That means yeah. your rights. That's one step yeah. below shooting them in the head.
0: Yeah, and sometimes they are lethal.
1: Yeah. 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 And a lot of times they're not very effective. For sure. Um, so, but I can put this restraint on a person and put them to sleep. Like it's literally sleeping. Yep. And it's maybe ten seconds. I teach. I teach the new recruits like. Uh, ten, fifteen seconds. Then they have to move on to another technique if it's yeah. not working. Um, but in that interim, we can get them handcuffed safely, and we're going to give them medical attention afterwards, regardless. Exactly. So it's the safest thing to do. But as far as your question goes, like as far as uh, the state of Idaho, it's in the curriculum. Cool. We teach every new recruit that, uh, even if they're they they're not allowed to do it, they have to yeah. learn it because it can be done to you. Yes. So to understand a technique and how to defend it, you have to know the other side and of it. That's too.
0: why you get tasered. That's why you get pepper sprayed. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, when it comes down to it, it's up to the individual agencies whether they allow it or not. Cool. So most agencies, allow, not all of them. There's some that don't. Our agency allows it. Good. So well, they just plenty educated it educated then.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what really it comes what it's down is. to is just
1: educating. Education. Yeah. If you don't allow it, you're just ignorant as to what is actually going on. Yeah.
0: And you're just you're watching movies. You're watching too many movies. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah yeah it's one of the safest ways to restrain somebody and when it reaches that when a, a situation reaches that kind of critical mass it's like that's what you need to do yeah and it needs to now. yeah now yeah yeah. and there's a lot of ways you could do that we always think of especially for law enforcement they always think of like oh it's like basically like a rear naked choke yeah but a carotid restraint could be a triangle hold. yeah for sure be, it could be a lot of things
0: yeah well in um in idaho people are wearing jackets a lot, a lot, got, a know, lot. You can, it's easier to choke someone out with a shirt than it is a gi, yeah. so.
1: And, and people kind of discount how well-trained we get around here. Like it's a problem, like law enforcement need to train more. We always need to train more. Yeah. Everybody needs to Everybody train does. more. Everybody <laughs> does, yeah. But I have, I've worked in Alaska. I've worked in Idaho. I've worked with agencies in multiple other states and a lot of them suffer way worse than we do as far as training goes. And yeah. for our curriculum, It's one of the best i've ever seen it's pretty good it's jujitsu based that's That's great um we're getting more and more hours so the post academy is requiring more and more hours um for each officer to train in it so that's good so there are a lot of good things happening in idaho for their law enforcement people should feel good about that yeah like the person responding to their 911 call probably knows what they're doing yeah it's good
0: no i love that and there's just there's so much emphasis in weird places, you know. Yeah. Defund the police or whatever. That's or why I laugh. Oh, I was like
1: we don't have funds? What are you talking yeah. about? We don't have any money anyway. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, or f- fund more training. Like what what right. are we what are we trying to do here? Right. But then the first people to I'm probably going way too political here, but <laughs> first fun. people to call the police are the ones who want to defund them. Yeah. You know, they're the ones that are against violence per se, but they want to call the police because well, they need a problem fixed for.
1: Them. And, it's, it's a societal thing that people, and it's probably good because we live in a time where it's the, and you'd never know this watching the news. We live in the least violent time in history. Yeah, It is the most peaceful time it's ever been in history. You'd never know that, but it's true. And so we have a culture now that is very unfamiliar with true violence. They've, a yeah. lot of them have never experienced it. <clears throat> some have, some have, some live in rougher areas or from rougher areas. Yeah, They've experienced, I've experienced plenty of real violence in my life. And, if you've never seen it, you don't understand it. Yeah. So sometimes the only answer for violence is violence. But the way I teach it and the way I look at it, uh, this was described to me. I, I did a, a training session with Carlos Machado, and it was just for cops. He came here a couple of years ago and did one just for cops. It was super cool, a little group of us. But I love the way he described what we were doing. We were just doing a takedown to a cuffing position. But the way he moved and the way he did it, and this is how he described it. He's like, it's physical de-escalation. As soon as I touch you, everything's slowing down and becoming safer and safer and safer. And that's That's how we should do it. It's so cool, right? Yeah.
0: Well, it's kind of like, you know, someone will come into Jiu-Jitsu not knowing anything and they want to roll hard because it's probably some physical thing that we have. i got to prove myself. i got to prove myself. Yeah. But... You got to slow down and learn it. You do. So then you get someone like Carlos Machado that really knows what yeah, he's doing. He really knows what he's doing. It slows down in his mind, you know? Yeah. And that's where you're at in black belt. You know, we'd go roll together and I'm trying to think of all these little things that I can do or just survive. And you're like, whew, just slowed down. Slow down. Slow and down. And you know where it's all at. And
1: yeah. It's cool. You got to, and we use the term in jujitsu, like flow. Yeah. Flow rolling, flowing. Yep. You got to flow. Um, but it's very much like a. It's becoming a very much a popular psycho- term in psychology. Yeah, the There's flow a, state. The flow state. Yeah. Like I don't know if you've ever read uh, like the Rise of Superman. Huh. Super great book. The Rise of Superman. Um, okay. Talking about kind of that flow state. It focuses more on like uh, extreme athletes, but kind of how like you could meditate and get to kind of that flow state where you're, you, know, whatever cheesy term you want to use, one with the environment, yeah. one with the world, <clears throat> the universe. Um, a shortcut would be to like go skydiving yeah you're gonna forget whether you left the oven on or whatever yep. it's gonna be very focused and flowing in that moment you're gonna be one with that moment yep. you have no choice so and that's kind of what jujitsu does for people i it's agree meditative the
0: the last Instantly. 45 minutes of randori like rolling oh my goodness it is the most meditative time of your, your head, head is clear life. yep yep <laughs> it's
1: wild it's really cool yeah and people think of like oh meditation is sitting in the lotus position for two hours but like few rounds of rolling jujitsu, mm-hmm. your mind is clear. You're calm. I've never yeah. been more chill. Like when yeah. you're done, you think you'd be all jacked up and amped up like, Oh, I feel so relaxed right now.
0: Yeah. It's That's what cool. it does
1: for people. It relieves that stress. That's awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. People should definitely do it. Yeah. I think, I think everybody should do it. <laughs> yeah, No, I
0: think so too. Now from a police officer standpoint, you know, a lot of people are starting to train. Yeah, so more than ever before. Yeah,
1: like it used to be very few of us, uh-huh. <laughs> very very few of us, and it yeah. was scary, you know. Like, oh, is the guy that's responding on this call is he gonna even know what to do? Yeah, now but I, now more than ever. So police
0: are, but so are so are criminals. So are
1: criminals, and so. that's what I talked to I talked to guys about because um, the mentality back in the day was well. oh. We're just we're just gotta you know handcuff this drunk guy. That's all we need to prepare for this this guy who's high. That's I don't want you to be prepared for the junkie that barely weighs a hundred pounds. Yeah, I want you to be prepared prepared for that heavyweight amateur MMA fighter who decided he's not going to jail today. Yeah, that's who I want you to be prepared for and be like, yeah. all right.
0: And there's more and more
1: and more of those more and more every day. day. More and more every day. It doesn't take a lot of brain power to watch a UFC fight and figure out how to do a guillotine.
0: For sure. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you understand this better than anyone. You go white belt to blue belt. You know, you put someone a year and a half half in jiu-jitsu, it is. You know, they know 80% of jiu-jitsu at that point. It's just dialing it
1: all in. Yeah. That's what uh, Hegan told me when I got my purple belt. He's like, you know all the jiu-jitsu. Now it's just making it yours. Yeah. Like, that's it. (laughs) It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool, and it's constantly evolving. That's why I love it. and people create these barriers. Like we talked about like the leg lock thing and they create these barriers and they try to limit it or box it in. But jujitsu is different than any martial art I've ever done. Cause it's constantly evolving and changing and adapting and incorporating and sucking in more things. And I love that cause it's a never ending puzzle. It's super, super deep water. Yeah. So like my, there's only so many ways I can punch and kick somebody and I love yeah. doing that stuff too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> but I'll never learn all of jujitsu and that's fine by me. Yeah. Because I love it when I see somebody do something that I've never seen before and I'm like confused by it. Yeah. What What in the world did you just do? Yeah. And like you'd think that'd be a very frustrating moment. But to me, I'm like, oh shoot, I'm about to learn something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. Well, it's cool that you can take someone that's 20 years in, they've got a black belt, and show them something new. Yeah. They go to a, a weekend seminar. And they might not even learn something new. It might just be a tiny, tiny detail. They pull this little detail that they've skipped over for 20 years and haven't known. And all of a sudden it just hones in their game even more.
1: And you know, I get to travel a little bit. And if any of you travel, you should go out and like, if you, even if you train at a home gym and uh, you're out in another place, go visit somewhere. Yeah. Because these places, it's very much like family recipes. Like they have their own way. It's the same moves. It's the same techniques. But they have this, their flavor of doing it, and you're going to learn something from it. That's cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Like I'm a headed home. to
0: a, a seminar this weekend in Ohio. In Ohio. Nice. <clears throat> and um, I've definitely never traveled that far for a seminar. <laughs> um,
1: Dude, I've been all over. I've trained in a lot of different states. Uh, I trained with my buddies in New York Marcello Marcelo Garcia's, and that was super fun. bunch of Dagestanians just yeah. beat that crap out of me. It was great. <laughs> Uh, I went to Hawaii and trained at the UFC gym there, and I was the smallest man in the room. Dang! Was,
0: and you're a big dude. It was you're, wild. you like, jacked.
1: It's small man jujitsu today. Yeah. <laughs> so, you get somewhere no matter where you go. Like this last year, I went to I went to Texas, and we were in Dallas, and I went to 10th Planet North Dallas. Yeah. Great guys. They were so fun. <laughs> like you'll get something from everywhere. That's
0: cool. 10th Planet, just such a funny name. Dude, it's so funny. Yeah. I love those guys. I yeah. love those guys. Yeah. They
1: are um because like, we're not a tenth planet school, but we like hanging out with them because and they talk about they talk about this in tribes. You know, yeah. There's heretics. Yeah. <laughs> there's heretics in every kind of group where like they're kind of pushing the boundaries, mm-hmm. coming up with new things and new ideas. And we're very much jujitsu heretics. It's like, yeah. oh well you've done that way for so long, but what if we did it this way? What if we
0: changed it? Yeah. And we're like, oh, yeah, so, there's nothing wrong with change.
1: I always joke with my guys like, you're a bunch of heretics. Yeah. A bunch of leg-locking heretics. You know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, and, and then the funny thing is some of that change might be going back to the roots. It might. You know, it's grabbing it something from Japan and being like, "Yep, we're, go- we're going back to the roots. And then well, go, it, it, well and, here's, is
1: that? and here's like a, a great example. Um, wrestling. I've done wrestling since I was a kid. I'm not an amazing wrestler. I wish I have known more jujitsu when I wrestled. Yeah. I probably would have been better at wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> But there's components from wrestling that jiu-jitsu doesn't do but it very much could um one of the things that i teach guys in jiu-jitsu is to cradle and wrestling that's a that is a wrestling 101 move yeah everybody learns how to do a cradle <clears throat> and what what is a cradle uh so it's basically compressing someone and i have control of their head and one of the, at least one of their legs and i bring my hands together and i lock them okay. so their head is cradled with oh their leg. yeah yeah um every wrestler who's ever wrestled learns this yeah but the reason it gets overlooked in jiu-jitsu is that there's no clear path to submission there okay. i like oh why would i do that i'm just trapping myself with him but there's a bunch of stuff you can do up that and it's such a good control position mm-hmm. not used a lot in jiu-jitsu but we use it yeah <laughs> so then yeah. but it's been around for probably thousands of years for sure it's probably since
0: the olympics the olympics the, the first, first olympics Olympic. yeah
1: so that's not new, yeah. but it's innovative.
0: Here, there's wrestlers. I, I rolled with one on Monday. He's been to three jiu-jitsu classes. And I I don't know anything about jiu-jitsu. I'm uh, one Dude, stripe on a white belt. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was just thinking, hey, this new guy, you know, yeah. three days in, we'll do some back and forth. Like, I'll yeah. give... I'll take you know that sort of thing. He's been wrestling since he was five. The guy's like <laughs> that, he was that's good. That's not and, a true yeah. white belt, man. Yeah,
1: and then I get guys like that, and I love them. I love yeah. wrestlers because they have an amazing work ethic and drive. And there's a lot that they need to learn. Um, but it's if they if they respond one of the two ways, right? Like yeah. If They respond with, the, "Oh, I need to learn this." Yeah. They will get so much better. Yeah, and that was they will excel guy. quickly. Um, but a lot of times, those those guys that have really high level wrestling. I'll take a guy like that to a competition because yeah, uh, Nogi is a little different. A lot of times they just divide it by like beginner, intermediate, yeah. advanced. I'm not going to let that guy do beginner Nogi. Yeah. He's not a beginner. Yeah. He is least intermediate if he's been going since he was five. Yeah, Come yeah. on now. Yeah. He won't get anything out of beginner and they'll just get trapped. Like, it's a waste of time. Go to intermediate yeah. at least. Yeah.
0: Well, and this guy, you could tell he's um, definitely there to learn. It was so is cool. Yeah, it's you know, cool. It,
1: it, he'll he, be a monster. Yeah, he'll
0: be great. Um, there were some times that he kind of, he, he could
1: have gone harder, but he was letting me. You know, oh, yeah. Which
0: is perfect. You know, I'm white. I'm a white belt. I'm just trying to learn. It's fine. So it's just back and forth. Oh, yeah. It's so good.
1: I'm, I'm going to plug this guy a little bit because I, I love him. Um, One of the guys on our card, cause we, so we have uh, on Saturday the Anaconda Invitational. Yeah. Um, on the card, in between, because I wanted to give the fighters in the bracket time to rest. We have three super fights super matches cool. so they're just exhibition yeah. matches so mm-hmm. there's no like prize for them it's just for the love of a round you know yep. competition round uh but one of them is with uh one of my guys who's got a great wrestling background but i i, I handpicked his opponent man it, his name is junior he trains with my buddy matt out of driven Jitsu in boise um but junior is a great guy Junior's
0: the one out of Boise. Yeah, he's about
1: six and a half feet tall and about four hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah. He's lost a little weight, so he's a little light in the loafers right now. But (laughs) he's he's a big boy. Yeah. Um, but such a great role. Yeah. And so I will give him credit for that. We rolled around a bunch and and he was so fun to roll with. Now at any point, this man could like rip both my arms off. Like he's just massive. He's so strong. But he didn't. We had a good jujitsu round yeah and that's how both of us get better yeah
0: dude that's that's the funnest when it's just like i I say give and take you know yeah and um man you just learn so much so much or even today you know i was rolling and and uh i was with the kid and he put me in an arm lock and i was like all right you know i'll tap but stay here now this now choke now this you know it's just man it's so good yeah. So who's who's he paired up with?
1: He's paired up with uh, one of my guys named Hudson. Okay. Um, but he, he's about half of junior size, yeah. but a really great wrestler. Like it'll be an amazing match because they're awesome. both go getters. I'm but, excited to but, get dude, that it'll video. It'll be amazing. That's <laughs> really cool. So they're one of our super fights. Um, another one of my super fights is uh, one of my guys, Colin. Uh, he works with me at the sheriff's office but he's one of our purple belts
0: colin The
1: right? problem yeah uh, no he's got I'm dark thinking hair jed. you're thinking jed yeah A jed moved away i was so sad to oh, see go it? okay is <laughs> ginger ninja yeah yeah <laughs> colin yeah i'm not sure i i you'll you'll meet him i'm sure but um and then we've got one female fight um jessica gayler from elite and pocatello versus one of our our girls here rachel cool gonzalez so that'll be fun that'll be interspersed throughout and mostly just to give um, them a little time on the mat and to give the other guys a little breather in some between breathing. their matches so we make sure we get some some good matches.
0: Yeah. So eight total matches.
1: Uh, right? So there will be eight total guys in the eight bracket. Eight total guys in the bracket. And okay. then uh, three more extras. Sweet. And which are the fights? Yeah, so it'll be like 11 people total. All no-gi, submission only. All no-gi, submission only. Cool. Which is a different rule set. That's the interesting thing about Jiu-Jitsu, too, is like you could go from one competition to the next and the rule set could completely change. Yeah. So to me, it's uh, uh, growing up doing wrestling, like you can go folk style, collegiate, Greco-Roman. So it's changing rule sets. Okay, just let me know what the rules are today and we'll do that. So like, you should be able to do that in jujitsu too. Yeah. Okay, what are the rules today? Follow them (laughs) and and figure out how to win with the rule set you're given. And I I think that's great. I'm glad there's no universal rule set for it.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure um man watching the no gi is just impressive it's
1: wild right yeah it's intense in that they, and they're both good i love i love the gi too don't yep. get me wrong there's nothing cooler than submitting somebody with their own clothes <laughs> yeah it's for sure So satisfying. i mean
0: i i do enjoy the <laughs> gi days more just because
1: i can grab their gi right but, but that also right. means they can grab my gi it's true. so that's true um they're both good i think everybody should train in both
0: yeah well your no gi is going to
1: even make even my MMA fighters guy, even my MMA fighters, I make them train in the gi, yeah, because it's gonna make them more tactical. Yeah, it's like oh, you can't get out of that escape as easily when you have a gi on, can you? But it'll yeah. make them better at that escape or better at that technique. Yeah,
0: I, I do. It's not like I've ever been super into this, but I do miss the days where, um, you know, you had like the the Gracie's wearing their geese against right. the guys that did oh, yeah. and they, then they'd use their gee to choke right them and them I love whatever. watching
1: and I remember watching the first UFC's and thinking man that's wild and I think about them I'm like yeah that was cool and it's definitely fun to go back and see those and I get why they don't do that anymore for sure <laughs> yeah it was pretty wild yeah
0: it was such a funny time I mean you know they'd, he'd pull guard and everyone's like booing because yeah, they like, boring
1: <laughs> start start punching people he's like then, well I'm winning the fight I'm winning so yeah But it's the same thing. People talked about, like, uh, they used to say similar things about, like, George St. Pierre. Like, oh, this fight's kind of boring. It's like, he's winning with the rule set. Yeah. He just won. Yeah. You can't knock him for that. For sure. So whatever rule set you're given, you got to learn to win with it. But people get constrained about what they think they should be doing in those situations. Like, oh. But especially in, like, combat sports, man. It's like, your opinion matters nil. Like, it is nothing unless you're willing to get in there and do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh,
0: I sat in the parking lot the first two two <laughs> times of jujitsu. It was too too <laughs> it's intimidating. It's totally normal, to man.
1: It's totally yeah. normal, and I forget sometimes because um, I do try and make like our school very inviting, very calm, um, but I forget how intimidating that is.
0: Well, I hear hear people that do it here at at, at our gym, you know, at CrossFit, and um, yeah, for a the, while I that. was like, what like why you know our coaches are inviting everybody wants you here there's not. there's not a person here that wants to just beat you and everything and then I go down drove to Idaho Falls sat in the parking lot like I'm gonna look like an idiot in there and I I don't know anything I'm doing
1: right and it's that fear of being bad at something or you know trying something new like we kind of tie our egos into that a little bit for sure and your sense of self like like, that's hard. That's really hard. I think yeah. we just talked about yoga. I've been to like two yoga classes yep. ever because I'm terrible at it. Yep. And I'm like, man, I look stupid doing But I
0: need this. to go do it twice a week. <laughs> right? We I have should have a studio right next door. I, know, and I just I know. never go I
1: should go in there too. Yeah. I should be there with you. Hold but. each other accountable.
0: <laughs> Little accountability group for yoga.
1: But it, there's a it's kind of a funny quote. Uh Gordon Ryan. Inarguably the, the oh, GOAT, so the best good. in the world, man. He says you yeah, you gotta be willing to suck to not suck. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you're not willing to suck at something long enough to get good at it, you're just going to continue to suck. So you got to be willing yeah. to suck or continue to suck. <laughs>
0: Dude, That guy is just, he is so good. So and he's good. jacked, yeah. which a lot of those guys aren't jacked. Well, you know, a, so. and, uh,
1: for us, a hobby talks about this, about how it's kind of changing. Cause back in the day it was very much, you know, you know, we had really strong technique, but not a lot of athleticism, unless you're like a freak like Hicks and Gracie or something yeah. like that. Um, but now it's kind of reaching that merger where we're looking at it more as an athletic endeavor. Yep. It's like, oh, I'm an athlete. I work out and it makes my jujitsu better. Yeah. No, you shouldn't rely purely on athleticism oh, no. or strength or even flexibility. Like those yeah. are all great natural and physical attributes that you can pour on after you've got a nice solid foundation of actual techniques. For sure. But you get that athleticism, you put that in oh man yeah if you have the Swoom. technique you're you're a then monster. you're just
0: building up on that. yeah yeah
1: now you're really dangerous yeah yeah it's impressive to watch him oh man
0: and uh, you had mentioned his coach.
1: Uh, John here Yeah. Oh, man.
0: I can only listen to him like five minutes at a time.
1: <laughs> I, so, dude, I listened to him for like an hour talk about... It wasn't even showing a triangle. It was just talking about triangles. I'm like, I've been sitting here for an hour. On
0: BJJ Fanatics. <laughs> yeah. like, it's I like I can't a 20-hour belie- I can't believe I've been listening <laughs> to this for an
1: hour. But I, I love how intelligent is oh. about the sport well
0: he wasn't he a professor somewhere yeah. and like left yeah. to just Velocity dedicate professor. his life to jiu-jitsu yeah he just wears compression He's shirts around everywhere and
1: such a weird quirky dude but man i love weird quirky people yeah. i collect interesting people yeah and i love them and yeah. people that are genuine like that or just and not even in just jujitsu. I just love who they are. Yeah, like they're so authentic to me. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hang out with people like that anytime. Relationships, <laughs> people, it's relationships.
0: Yeah. I don't want to hang out with a bunch of normal people.
1: Dude, what and, a boring life! And it drives people nuts sometimes. My wife, when I talk to random people, and like, why? Why are you asking them these questions? <laughs> yeah. So I hopped in. I was coming back from Dallas, and I hopped in my Uber at like seriously, it was like one o'clock in the morning to get to the airport, and this Uber driver picks me up, and he's a an, not an older gentleman, but probably like sixty, and I just start striking up a conversation with him. I'm like, man, this is when you normally work. He's like, well, this is my side hustle and everything. I'm like, well, it kind of begs the question. Yeah. Well, well, what do you do? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm a nuclear physicist. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the bull crap? He's like, no, like he starts talking and like very obviously. He is a nuclear (laughs) physicist. He's a professor. He teaches it. He used to. He's even done projects out here at the site before. So we had this whole conversation, this moment, this dude who's highly intelligent, highly intelligent, like way smarter than me, and this connection we had with Idaho and talking about it, and like we never would have had that moment, this short little ride to the airport, if I'd have been like, it's just an Uber driver. Yep. So take my crap. Let's go to the airport. Like. Yep. Never would have happened. I agree. <laughs> you got to approach people like that. Yeah. This we... could be a really interesting human. You oh, don't know. For sure.
0: We we just went on a, we'd never been on a cruise, so we went on a cruise. And nice. I'd ask everyone where they're from, and if they were yeah. from Canada, I'd ask them if they liked Justin Trudeau. <laughs> and uh, it was just great. Half of them did, and half of them didn't, but right. it opens up so much conversation. And All it's you just... need is
1: a, a jumping off point. Yep. That's it. And like people will talk. Yeah. And there's so many stories out there. And we kind of try to think of ourselves as like, oh, we're this, you know, kind of island to ourselves. But a lot of people have more similarities than they have differences. Yeah. And a lot of them have some really cool stories. Yeah.
0: And I think people, despite what the news will tell us, people are generally good.
1: They are. I know. Even
0: even if they're crazy one-sided on the political spectrum, (laughs) they still want the best for the world.
1: For real. And again, you can get misconstrued on the news and things like that. And this was something that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know about myself. Until post-cancer, like pre-cancer, leading up to that, I did not appreciate how jaded I had become. Because I always considered myself a pretty positive person. Yeah. But especially in law enforcement and those emergency responder careers, you yeah. get very jaded to the human condition, mm-hmm. like to emotions in general. Oh, absolutely. But I got very <coughs> hypersensitized to them during treatment. Okay. And so I'm like, oh. I've been shutting these off for a long time. Yeah. And so it was very much an eye-opener to be like reintroduced to the human race, basically. That's, yeah. That's and seeing cool. how good they are. Yeah. There's some dirtbags. For sure. Don't get me wrong. There are dirtbags. Oh, yeah. I have sat across the table with evil people. Yeah. Like, I know they exist. Yeah. But like you said, most of them are good people. Yeah. Now, do good people have bad days? Yes. And I feel like in law enforcement, for sure, even the people that we have to deal with most of the time, even the people, a lot of the people that we have to arrest. A lot of them are not bad people. Yeah. I want to be very clear with you on that. It's like a lot of them are not bad people. Yep. They're just bad. They had a bad day, made it, a bad and, choice. And bad
0: circumstances, and we don't know their backstory, right. and there's so much.
1: There's so much going on there. And what most people don't want to admit is that. They're one bad day from that same oh, situation. I,
0: <laughs> I really believe that we are a dichotomy. I actually think that all of us have good and evil inside of us. It's just
1: what we're. Which wolf do you feed, yeah. man? Which wolf one are you going to yep. contribute your energies to?
0: Yeah, which is why jujitsu is so good. Yes, because you can you can feed it. You can learn. You can become dangerous, and you can keep yourself from using it. Right. That's, right. you know what, Jordan Peterson's right. been popular, you know, yes. be the dangerous guy. You should. And be able to control it.
1: Right. Well, and initially, like we talked about, like initially for me, it was like I got into martial arts because I wanted to protect myself. I wanted yeah. to be better at, I wanted to be a stronger person. But uh, you become better at not using it. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird.
0: Yeah. Well, it's uh, there's got to be a, and I, I'm i so sorry. We have oh, like you're good. two minutes here. Oh, I should have cleared good. the SD card. You're good. Um, but it's good. Like the confidence levels, Yes. you know, once your confidence goes up, you your, your chances of even getting assaulted or whatever goes down so because low. they so see you and they're like, I'm not touching that guy. No. People will, I've never been in the military, but I get asked all the time, like, did you serve in the military?
1: And it's, it, no, I was, I was a it's paramedic
0: for 10 yeah. years, you know, was a firefighter for
1: 10 years, yeah. but it's just how I carry myself. Right. It's a really interesting. And that's what I want for people. I want them to walk through life, not as trying to be Billy Badde. I yeah. want them to walk through life feeling safe, feeling confident that they can take care of themselves. Yep, No different than learning first aid or how to swim. Yep, like I, Whatever comes up, I'll be all right.
0: So you have uh, one minute. Where can people find you?
1: Oh man, you can find us at 1137 Summers Drive in Rexburg, Idaho. And we do jujitsu classes five days a week. Uh, we also do self defense classes. I like to coach the random MMA fighter here and there too. Yeah. So we do a lot of <clears> cool <throat> things, and we do a lot of cool things in the community. Um, you can reach us at www. Uh, we have Instagram and Facebook as well. So. You can catch Sweet. There.
0: Okay. Well, hey, I really appreciate your time. Um, oh, I've wanted anytime. to get together and chat for for quite a while, and then I was sure. flaky on you last week, and so I apologize <laughs> for that.
1: No, thank you for having yeah. me. It's great. Yeah,
0: I appreciate it. We'll get this published and up and out, awesome. and hopefully you know boost you guys a little bit and of i course. just selfishly wanted to talk to you
1: so. <laughs> well i liked it it, was, it right. was i appreciate it
0: well i really appreciate it we'll we'll chat soon thanks, thanks.